Come back to the near side, pick six. Let's see that Welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. Uh, another week of college football gone by. We're already in week four. How does that feel? Feels, uh, I don't know how to feel right now. But uh, how, do you, <laughs> how do you guys feel? This is your first week as ASU students in the non-Herm Edwards era. It's yeah, got to be weird, huh? It's, it's kind of an eerie feeling. It's, uh, it's interesting. I I feel like we, we all kind of had a feeling this, this day would come, um, oh, yeah. but it just came so so much more suddenly than I think we all thought it would. Yeah, did he get fired in the end zone? Did you guys see that clip <laughs> of Michael Crow, Ray Anderson, and Herm all meeting in the end in the end zone of last week's game? That just seemed a little weird. Yeah, uh, he didn't he didn't get fired in the end zone, but I, that was definitely a hey, we need to talk in my office after this conversation. Was was not a good look, but. Uh, who knows? Maybe some of that stuff will be in our surprises, uh, which we'll get into right now. You surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie? <laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. All right. Week three surprises. Colt, we'll start with you. Yeah, we're back to the Mountain West. Uh, so now all the teams suck. Okay, so throw <laughs> Air Force in there, too, because they lost to Wyoming this week. I thought Air Force was just going to absolutely run train on Wyoming this weekend, but they didn't. And so Air Force lost 17-14, to 14, and now the Mountain West is probably the worst conference in college football. Yeah, I mean, it's a far cry from the formidable conference we saw last year where they had three, four, five teams that it felt like could knock off anyone any given day. Um, but on the other side, let's look at Kansas. Kansas not only beat Houston, but they dominated Houston. They made that team self-destruct out there. Uh, Kansas is 3-0, and very well could go 4-0 and this week. Um, Hayden, what surprised you? Just to build on your last point before I go to my surprise, <laughs> I saw something like Vandy, Rutgers, Kansas, and Oregon State are a combined 12 and 1. And in 2017, I don't think they combined for maybe five wins. Yeah. So that's pretty we'll crazy. It. But uh, what surprised me was that Oregon looked as good as they did. I, I doubled down on BYU, I picked BYU to win um, yeah, straight up, and then, and then they were my upset pick as well. But, uh, man, the Ducks really dominated that game. Um, Bo Nix, was it five total touchdowns that he accounted for, was nearly perfect through the air, over He's 200 bad. yards. Man, Oregon just looked really good, and uh, they're back on my Rose Bowl radar. Yeah, definitely. Um, and last thing, as a surprise for me, Missouri State and Bobby Petrino's return to Fayetteville made Arkansas look very vulnerable for a few quarters there, but uh, let's go ahead and jump forward into our Wheaties Players of the Week. Better get your whole grain. I better eat my Wheaties. All right, Hayden, who's eating their Wheaties? We're going to go to the Palouse, Washington State linebacker Dan Henley yes, was eating sir. his Wheaties, the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week. One of the most insane defensive stat lines you'll see, 13 tackles, three sacks, and two forced fumbles. And Wazoo's 38-7 win over Colorado State. He was absolutely dominant, and he's just a beast. He's really underrated. I honestly had never heard of him coming into this week. 
but uh, he is he's definitely on my radar now. So congrats to him. Yeah, I think last week I slandered like all the Hawaiians in my Wheaties and Fruit Loops picks. I think I had Delora and Fruit Loops. So yep. this week I'm turning it around. I'm getting the Hawaiians back in the Wheaties category. Darius Muasau, UCLA linebacker. He led the team with 10 total tackles, had a quarterback hurry and a pass breakup. Also, shout out to Oregon State running back, Kanoa Shannon. Let's go. He is a Hawaiian-blooded, native Hawaiian. So props to this guy. He had his first touchdown of his career in that blowout win versus Montana State. Yeah, impressive stuff from Oregon State, um, I might add. But uh, it's crazy what a Hawaii win does, right? Hawaii wins. You've got Shannon scoring. You've got Muasau getting 10 tackles. Everything's turned around, <laughs> right? Uh, Wheaties Player of the Week, Michael Penix Jr., um, as RG3 said, he's got big Phoenix energy. He just absolutely went out there and torched Michigan State. Uh, but I couldn't not shout out Chance Nolan. Uh, he went off, took care of business against Montana State, and uh, Chance Nolan saw the post, liked the post. So turns Shout out. out me uh, shouting him out was, was worth the, uh, the extra effort there. Uh, but for every player that's eating their Wheaties, there's a guy that's making wrong decisions and eating their Fruit Loops. Hayden, who is eating their Fruit Loops? It's a whole group of guys here. The uh, ASU defensive line, but really, it's not even fair just to single them out. It was it was a lot of things with ASU, the play calling, the defense. More of that to come uh, in Hayden's haters. But the D line specifically got absolutely destroyed all night long. Samson Evans shredded what was supposed to be ASU's strength. Strength. I think he personally ran for over 260 yards in Eastern Michigan who had their backup quarterback in for most of the game, yeah. torched ASU for like 470-plus yards. It was absolutely embarrassing. So uh, I'm not even going to single out the D-line. Just just the ASU football program was eating their Fruit Loops. You know, before the tsunami of ASU slander comes out today, I just want to point out Hayden showed up in the studio, and he's got his ASU gear on. Oh, yeah. Still a fan. Ride or die. In this case, it's die right now. But <laughs> Well, hey, I'm going gonna, gonna to say I'm actually excited, and I'll, and I'll say why after Hayden's haters. Okay. But there's, there's some new life. All right. Because there's, there's a Hawaiian involved. That, too. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> okay, back to slandering Colorado football. Yes, as, sir. A, as a whole, three quarterbacks. You can throw in McCown, Shrout, Lewis, all three of them, trash. All the same guy. Okay, FanDuel put a over-under the other day on Colorado over zero and a half wins. So do they win one or more games this year? Wow. Right now it's minus 125 for them to win a game. But I don't know. I think I'd hammer the plus 140 under right now. Yeah, I would agree. They look awful. I also had them written down, and so I'll just throw out a few stats. Those three quarterbacks all played this last weekend against Minnesota. Um, we talked about how that game would come down to mercy. I think the ending score was like 49-7 with like a last-minute yep. Colorado touchdown. Uh, none of the quarterbacks had more than four completions. Uh, 52 yards was the high. I believe that was done by Owen McCown. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember, but I doubt anyone was bruising that box score. Nope. Um, and they threw one <laughs> touchdown between them. It was in garbage time, and they lost two fumbles throughout the game. So... If you t- were to take all three of those quarterbacks and mold them into one, still the worst quarterback in the Pac-12. Ugh. Yikes. Um, and Owen McCown, he's Josh McCown's son. I don't know if you mentioned that, Colt. but uh, I didn't, but <laughs> Josh McCown wasn't too great either. <laughs> no, he wasn't. So, so it's like that doesn't really help. I know. He was know. better. It's not like Brady's son. Yeah, you're right. So it he, does not give him an excuse. He took from his dad then. 
Yeah. Like father, like son. <laughs> I mean, his dad was a little better in college. He was all right. He got to the NFL. He was all right. I guess. But anyways, what did he even play? I didn't. I don't remember. Josh McCown? Yeah. Where did he play? I, I think he was a backup no on the Saints recently. Like, did, he was, started well, a game. He started like a playoff game? No. Yes. He started a playoff game, right? Was that the whole thing? I don't know. So I'm on a commercial, and like the whole part of the commercial was just him as a backup. And like, if you need backup insurance. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what they were using Josh hey, McCown even for. Even Josh McCown's getting in on the NIL. <laughs> Holy crap. That's huge. Uh, Josh McCown went to SMU, by oh, the way. Shout out to the Mustangs. All right, Tanner Mordecai following in his footsteps. Yes, sir. Uh, anyways, big picture time. It's week four already. Yikes. But exciting, though. We're, we're out of the, the slosh of the, the FCS teams and the lower up you know, Mountain West opponents that we're playing. Oh, it's the nothing, preseason. Exactly. It's nothing like the big boys. Unless you're in the SEC, you've still got like at least two of those games left. Um, but thoughts on the new AP poll? I'm terrified as an ASU fan because uh, ASU's next three opponents are all on that list. Utah at 13, Ooh. USC at 7, UW at 18. Welcome, Sean Aguano. Uh, good luck, buddy. Um, <laughs> but, hey, the Pac-12 as a whole – is getting a lot of respect. Four ranked yeah. teams, Oregon obviously in there as well. You just love to see that. Yeah. Maybe this is nitpicky, or maybe this is just a result of what happens when you have 100 people voting at different you know, numbers and it all comes together to one ballot. But Kentucky somehow leaped Oklahoma State this weekend to go from 8 to 9. Kentucky beat Youngstown State Penguins this weekend, and <laughs> Oklahoma State beat Arkansas Pine Bluff. Both were pretty convincing wins. Didn't see any reason for an SEC team like Kentucky to leap Oklahoma State, but I see the SEC bias yep. once again. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting how, how someone's opinion can just change, not even on a factor based on the game. What I will say, Pac-12, just to give them another shout-out, great out of conference. They stole so many more games than people thought they would. Oregon State didn't trip up against either of those Mountain West tests. Washington stole one against Michigan State. Washington State stole one on the road versus Wisconsin. Just so many nice wins. No one thought Oregon was going to be Georgia. The Florida one over Utah, that's probably the worst loss. But yeah. even that, it's like, U okay. of A over North Dakota State? Yeah, U of A over North Dakota State was an, another one that was big. So kudos to the Pac-12. They really, you know, they didn't have to do well, but they, but they did. They're holding their own in this early part of the season. I would agree. And I think now that we've exited the out-of-conference, they've earned enough respect yep. to hopefully – consistently get respected down the stretch but we've technically reached the quarter season there's a lot of nuances with bowl games and conference championships and hawaii seasons but uh who is your quarter season heisman it's gonna be a really boring pick but shout out <laughs> we got the, we ad. Got the uh, what ad was that was that ta- that Taco was Bell? uh Taco no Bell. it's it's Coors light it's the oh you're right you're right it's right. the mascots in the locker room. everyone needs a chill or something like that is a tagline right now yeah, but uh, Stetson Bennett, uh, Georgia quarterback, he's been pretty good this year. He's been that man. He's exactly I'm trying to pull up his stats here. 73 completion percentage, uh, 73%, 65 of 88 for 952 yards already. Impressive. Five passing touchdowns, and I think he rushed for one last week against South Carolina as well. So uh, I really like what I've seen out of the former walk-on. I had Bennett written down as well. I mean, the guy's an absolute dog, but – Man, I think what's going to hurt him is the stats at the end of the season. Like, in this game against South Carolina, he only played two and a half quarters. I think if Georgia keeps blowing out all their competition because their regular season schedule isn't too hot, he may not get the stats needed to, you know, leave some of these other guys, like Dylan Gabriel. 
Exactly. I just saw someone in the chat say Taulia Tungavailoa. Okay, so, who yeah, is that? Impressive stuff. Um, it's uh, Coach Coach Turgeon. I don't. I don't really. Coach Turgeon, let's, let's go. go. Um, I'd say Michael Penix Jr. Look, statistically, second most passing yards in the country. He's got a thousand seventy nine already. Ten touchdowns, only one pick. Sixty six percent completion percentage. That's really good. If you want to give a defensive guy a shout out, Drew Sanders at Arkansas. He's got five mm. and a half sacks. I believe he transferred over there from Bama because Bama has guys named Will Anderson Jr. and Dallas Turner. So it's kind of never tough heard to, of him to beat those guys. He also has two forced fumbles and twenty eight tackles. So. That's a guy to keep an eye on. I think he's number 42 on that Arkansas defense, but you'll see him flying around, especially next week when they play Texas A&M in Dallas. Speaking of big games this week, let's get to our week four picks. The first one, we've got a noon Eastern kickoff, number five Clemson at number 21 Wake Forest. Wake Forest has won 11 straight home games, and they got their quarterback back. Clemson, obviously far more talented, but grossly overrated like we know they just have not looked dominant or even good at times this year all the momentum is on the side of wake forest give me the demon deacons oh wow wake forest did need a two-point conversion stop last week versus liberty to win that game that is true they did look sloppy okay i really want wake forest to win this but college football sometimes just isn't fun and isn't going to allow fun things to happen I got Will Shipley leading this running back core for Clemson. I got Clemson beating Wake Forest. I'm really relieved that you picked that game, Colt, because I have Wake Forest highlighted on this. And if we had all Wake Forest logos across the board, I just knew we were going to get ripped apart. But come on, man. I got to go with Sam H. Sam Hartman, the best Sam H in North Carolina oh, of yeah. all time. I mean, this North Wake Forest squad has just had this sort of aura about them. Uh, similar to, you know, if I were to think of a random team, Oregon State, when they made oh, their God. Elite Eight run in basketball, <laughs> you know, just a team that doesn't have the talent that these other teams have, but time and time again, they go out there, uh, the other team's favorite, and they still come out on top. I-, I just think the Demon Deacons have got a lot going their way, like Hayden said, the winning streak, they're at home, Clemson's offense looks as bad as ever, and yes, they are superior talent-wise to Wake Forest. I recall Georgia Tech, who does not have as much talent as Wake Forest, held Clemson to, like, no points for a quarter and a half. Mm. So give me the Demon Deacons. That offense is pathetic. However, if Cade Klubnick comes into the game, all bets are off. <laughs> Clemson could blow him out of the water. Uh, next up, we've got now number 20, Florida. They're looking a little shaky, traveling to play number 11, Tennessee. Probably the second-to-last team you want to see in that East right now. Right. I've got Tennessee in this game, and that – actually says more about how I good how good I think Tennessee is this year but yeah Florida after that hot start just what a flame out and so fast Anthony Richardson is you know, just falling off Zero I mean I, passing touchdowns yeah it's it's not good and this is just looking like another year where another mid SEC team got its hopes up because they beat a good Pac-12 team early on but uh yeah, give me Tennessee in this game. I think Florida's going to get exposed in this one. They've had some close games the past three weeks. I got game day, hooker, hype, rocky top. Give me Tennessee all and, the way. And it's the checker game where they've got the orange, yellow, orange, yellow, orange, yellow mm-hmm. all around the stadium. Can't lose that one. Um, I said orange, yellow, orange, white, I meant to say. <laughs> um, what am I talking about? But uh, Tennessee all day. I mean, everything you said. Head and hooker is one of my favorite players in America. Um, and I just, Florida, yeah, they've looked fraudulent since that Utah game. And and honestly, going into the season, Anthony Richardson is the type of guy that I thought could go out and win you any game. But he looked like that against Utah, but now I, he looks fraudulent. Maybe I'm falling for the Anthony Richardson trick, and then he's going to go in the road in Tennessee, look amazing, and steal a game. Hmm. But, 
until he does it again, I'm going to go with Tennessee. So we all pick Tennessee. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll see. All right, number 10, Arkansas, which still number 10, even after looking very sketchy. Yeah, uh, that's weird. Neutral site game against number 23, Texas A&M. This one's in Dallas. I like Arkansas in this game. Ooh. They they beat Texas A&M last year, 20-10. to 10. Uh, that was kind of their coming out party. Of, they did beat Texas a couple weeks prior to that time. But yep. this Arkansas team is really good. Obviously, I think they just got caught sleeping last week against uh, Missouri State. Um, fortunately, they were able to come out with the win. But I'm just – the more I see Texas A&M, even though they beat a good Miami team, the less impressed I am. And I think this is a good spot to take uh, Sam Pittman to go 2-0 and against Jimbo, 2-1, and something like that. But, yeah, give me the hogs here. I got Texas A&M in this one. I like their defense, and I think Max Johnson is on the rise. Hopefully he has a you know more significant performance than he did last week. But I like A&M in this one, especially in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas, when they beat down South Carolina, I was like, wow, that is an impressive team. Um, but my whole opinion on Arkansas flipped on a dime because they look sus against uh, Missouri State, and then... Georgia makes South Carolina look like a JV team. And, yes, Georgia's Georgia. But South Carolina did not even get – did they get end up getting points in that game? I don't I don't know if they, they got a touchdown late, I think. Yeah. It's like 48-7. But I, I don't know. I, I've got Arkansas highlighted here, but I think I'm going to flip. I'm flipping to Texas A&M. I think the Aggies will remember that game last year. They got a lot of talent. They've already been woken up by that loss. I'm going to continue to ride this A&M wave until it hurts me. Uh, <laughs> next up, we've got number 17, Baylor, traveling to play Iowa State. Iowa State is favored. It's the second time this year Baylor's played a team as a higher-ranked opponent, and the other team has been favored. Yeah, I don't know why Baylor's just getting disrespected this year. Um, first big test for them since losing to BYU. Can't really see Baylor starting the year 2-2. Two and two. I know that's kind of lazy, but give me, uh, give me the Bears in this game oh. on, uh, with an upset win. This Cole's feels like a pick man. I mean, these are two solid defensive teams, which is kind of weird to say about two Big 12 teams in the past decade. But, man, I like Baylor's running back, Richard Reese, and they have a guy coaching named uh, Dave Aranda. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Baylor. Give me Baylor. Baylor. Um, I also think Baylor is a good team. However, I think they're fraudulent. I thought BYU was fraudulent. BYU got exposed by Oregon. Baylor lost to BYU. And I'm watching Iowa State play on October 15th, and I need them to be undefeated. So I'm going to pick Iowa State. Good point. <laughs> we're all actually going to yeah, be there. Yeah, we're all going to yeah, be there. Yeah, so crazy for the sake of us. Uh, next up, we've got Minnesota at Michigan State, a Big Ten brawl. Neither of these two teams are ranked right now. Michigan State's already sustained a loss. we got an undefeated Gopher squad, though. Seems weird that Minnesota's not ranked. They just... They feel like gosh, a ranked team. They have team. really... The, the standards at Minnesota the last few years have, have risen so much, and that's a testament to P.J. Fleck and what he's, he's done. Give me the Gophers in this game. Honestly, it's a pick em for me. I This one could really go either way, but uh, I've kind of been on the Michigan State slander train, if you will, since the offseason. I, I think they were just so overrated coming into this year. Uh, I think last year was kind of a flash in the pan, but uh, give me P.J. Fleck and the Gophers row the boat. This is what I want versus what I think. Okay, Chris Ottman-Bell, he's a top wide receiver for uh, the Gophers. He just was named out for the season. I I think he broke his leg or something like that. And I think if you're going into East Lansing, it's a tough place to play. I think Minnesota's going to need all their weapons. I got Michigan State winning this, even though I really would like Minnesota to win. Yeah, it's a tough game. Um, I 
Mel Tucker's mo, especially last year, was was that he showed up in these kind of games where it was it was fifty fifty, and uh, you know Tuck coming was the mantra all off season. I just feel like a lot of the wind had to have been taken out of their sails with that just humbling, humbling loss in Seattle. And I think Minnesota is playing for a lot right now. They look at those other teams in the Big Ten West and they say, hey, blood is in the water. Let's go get this. They can't afford to lose this game, and I don't think they will. I think Minnesota rows the boat, shout out Gresham High School, and takes care of business. Uh, Time for our upset picks. And uh, Hayden, I'll give you a chance for redemption here because you picked BYU last week. That didn't pan out, but I'm going to go to a team that has already... Uh, panned out for me once this year, and that's Rutgers. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights are uh, a touchdown underdog at home against Iowa. And um, the Iowa Hawkeyes, just their offense has been so pathetic this year. But let's look at Rutgers' defense. Here's a crazy stat. Rutgers has allowed 97 total rushing yards in three games, wow. allowing one yard per carry. Not to mention they have a phenomenal pass rush. A really, I mean, the strength of that team, especially when Greg Schiano is your coach, is going to be the defense. And I just don't see a world where Iowa scores more than two touchdowns in this game. And Rutgers is obviously going to be better on offense than Iowa. Plus, they're at home. Give me Rutgers all day here. Agreed. They say go big or go home. So I'm going Tulsa over number 16 Ole Miss on the road. Okay, QB Davis Brin has already thrown for over 1,200 passing yards. Okay, that leads the country. And 11 tutties, one pick through three games. Okay, these guys can score. Jackson Dart for Ole Miss wasn't too impressive in his last game. I think there was a little bit of a controversy with whether or not Dart was going to play or the other quarterback in the game prior. So I don't know. I think this could be a shootout. Give me the Golden Hurricanes. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with the team that is a five-point underdog on the road this week. Um, and it's a game out of conference. Uh, it's a game between the number one and number two bottom ten teams. I've got Hawaii beating New Mexico State oh on the God. road as a five-point underdog. Um, I think Whoa. the Bows take them out. I mean, New Mexico State is poverty v. poverty, but Hawaii is poverty on the rise. So I'm going to take Hawaii in this one. Um, I'm actually 2-1 <laughs> and one in upset picks this year. Courtesy of Kansas, two times. Um, Colts one and two. Hayden, you're one and two. Thought I'd give an update on our national predictions right now. Hayden is seventeen and two. Let's go. In his national picks. So probably not a good idea to fade those. I'm sixteen and three. Colt struggling. A I'm little. in shock. Colts ten. That and is nine. the first time I've ever heard a neutral party pick Hawaii in like <laughs> and like actually have some faith behind it. <laughs> no faith behind. No, I'm just kidding. I do. I think Hawaii will do it. But uh. You know, in, in light of the positive Hawaii vibes, let's go to some Lakakeas. Some Lakakeas. So last week, okay, the parlay didn't hit, but two out of three bets did. It was pretty good. That Tulane over Kansas State looked pretty good. It did. Guess who didn't bet on it? Me. I'm dumb. <laughs> okay, but this week, we're going to ride with all Pac-12 teams. All of them are on the road this week. I got Oregon covering six and a half at Wazoo. I think Oregon, they look impressive last week. I think they keep the momentum going. Give me Oregon to cover. USC covering five and a half at Oregon State. Yeah, they don't, Oregon State doesn't lose at home. But man, USC has looked so good. I think they covered that one. And uh, U of A is getting a surprising to me three and a half points at Cal. I think U of A is a far superior team than Cal and their receiving points. Give me U of A. My parlay for the week. Okay, we got Wake Forest getting 7.5 versus Clemson. Okay, I think Hartman keeps this one close. 
in it by at least a touchdown, even if they don't win. Okay, SMU is getting two and a half at home versus TCU. Tanner Mordecai, this guy's legit. Tanner Mordecai season, give me SMU in this one. And my last one is James Madison getting seven and a half at Appalachian State. I think all this fluky magic and all this fun for App State, I think it was last weekend and the week prior. I think it ends this week. I got James Madison, who's actually 2-0 right now, winning this game, but give me them in 7.5 just in case. You know, I, re- I wish we could take the clips of you last week and you this week reading off your lock The confidence is back. All it takes, all it takes is those two picks to hit and the confidence is back. The promise was one out of every four parlays is guaranteed to hit. So this is the one that's got to hit, Colt. No Correct. pressure. That's why I went a little more conservative. I didn't want to do any money line stuff because if I do straight picks outright, ah, it's going to bite me in the butt. <laughs> All right. Well, we've, we had lock We're going to bring back a segment that honestly needed to come back this week um, in light of a recent performance by <laughs> a, a certain team. Or lack thereof. <laughs> Uh, let's go to Hayden's corner for Hayden's haters. All right, guys. I don't think we need to set a timer for this one. I'll I'll be in and out of here pretty quick. But uh, was that not the most pathetic, (laughs) lethargic, apathetic performance you've ever seen? What was that? That was the most embarrassing home loss for Arizona State football since losing to UNLV in 2008. You just got absolutely smacked by Eastern Michigan. Their freaking running back played quarterback in high school. That dude didn't look like he belonged on the field. I thought that was a security guard that suited up for (laughs) Eastern Michigan. And the dude ran for 260 on your D-line. What are we doing? Well, thankfully, Ray Anderson knew the writing was on the wall, and he had no other choice but to make a move after that performance. I mean, the play calling, the, the tempo, there was no urgency ASU got off to a horrible start and they just they're jogging out there they didn't look like they were inspired and it was just it was it was demoralizing to watch as a fan absolutely demoralizing um it it was sloppy the pre-snap penalties are coming back yeah nine penalties for dang near 100 yards and there were multiple times I thought ASU played despite the bad play calling actually did some things well on offense Valade again, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Daniel Ngata made stuff happen when he got the ball in his hands. Emory Jones had a couple of dimes that got dropped in the end zone that would have been, you know, crucial game-changing touchdowns. Yeah. And uh, it just it didn't happen. Everything that could have gone wrong for ASU in that game went wrong. And time after time after time, ASU comes out under in, in the Herm Edwards era and just lays an egg out of nowhere in a game where they they needed to be in that game. They needed to show up. They needed that win, especially with the three games coming up. You, If you want to go to a bowl game, you needed to be 2-1 and one going into conference play, and they failed. So Ray Anderson, Michael Crow stepped in, made a change, and honestly, had Herm Edwards still been here, I, I would have, you know, this would have been even more depressing than it is right now. But uh, bottom line is, and I'm going to kind of move on to a more positive note, I think Sean Iguano was the perfect hire. The Hawaiian. He was the perfect interim coach. I think that was absolutely the right call. He's a local guy, was a legendary coach at Chandler High School. He's from Hawaii. (laughs) Let's go. There you go. Uh, 
And he's very well respected. And right off the bat, I think the fan base is ready to rally behind this guy. And I don't know if you guys saw his introductory uh, press conference, but he's impressive. Right off the bat, there's more energy. Um, and I just think right now that's what ASU needs is some energy. They need a kick in the butt, a shot in the arm. And uh, who knows? I think if Sean Aguano comes out and you know wins a couple games, who knows if he pulls some big AZ recruits, there's an outside chance he could stay, but I know that's for another segment. So, uh, Well, we've got the segment perfectly timed because the <laughs> Pac-12 newsletter is right here. Thank you, Hayden. That was, that was an very, all-time rent. Very well put. An all-time Hayden's hater is uh, going to be up there. But, yeah, Herm is out at ASU, as Hayden so eloquently put it. Uh, who could replace him? Who are some names that maybe that you think or that you see floating around? Um, well... There is an outside chance Sean Aguano could get the job. I just think it really depends on how this season goes. Like if ASU, I think, goes one and two in these next three games and then, you know, beats a couple teams down the road, maybe they finish five and seven. If they look good and Sean Aguano pulls some big in-state recruits like he said he could, and I have confidence if Sean Aguano has the keys to the recruiting department, he's going to get some some big Arizona guys, namely – Current Ohio State quarterback commit Dylan Raiola. That's we'll see. He's the number one player in the country. Probably not going to happen. But anyways, he's an option. The dream hire, Jonathan Smith. I I don't see no. that happening. I don't see it happening. But I think Jonathan Smith is the perfect guy for this program. I think ASU needs somebody who's going to fit two requirements. One of two, if not preferably both. Offensive-minded head coach, high energy guy. And youth, I think, is something people are saying, but I don't He's think it's leaving. as important. There's no chance he leaves. I, I don't think so either, <laughs> but if ASU could pull it off, wow, that'd be incredible. I would be so some, sad. Some realistic options, though. Probably Tom Herman. His name's getting thrown around. Former Texas coach. Um, Brian Harson, who's getting ready to get fired at Auburn. That could be a situation where two reeling parties can, can come together and see if they can make something work. Uh, Kenny Dillingham, Oregon's offensive yep. coordinator. He's a, he's a Phoenix native. Kind of want to see more from him before handing him the keys to the Power 5 program. But a name that's an outside shot that I mentioned for Nebraska that I think would be good is Deion Sanders. Um, Why not? Why not? I mean, that would certainly bring excitement to the program. He's a high-energy guy, and I think he would immediately give this uh, roster a makeover. He's going to pull guys in the transfer portal, and now that he has the resources of a Power 5 school – uh, I think he's going to pull in probably top 20 recruiting classes, and that that could get this uh, ship righted real fast. So I'll just finish by saying whoever it is, this is a great job. I mean, ASU is such an underrated job. You know, you don't have the crippling expectations. Uh, we're close to California. The weather is, you close know. Close to Texas, too. Right. It's good depending on how you look at it, if you don't mind the summers. But it's just unacceptable that we can't uh, have – you know, coaches who are here for a long period of time and have success. So whoever it is, I'm going to put my support behind them. But uh, the the dream hire, the the Santa wish list, top of my wish list, Jonathan Smith. Ugh, please, just think about how sad I would be. You can't. Okay, but, but he goes to your alma mater, though. <laughs> yeah, but I would hate. I Okay, that'd be like, it'd be the most bittersweet moment of my life, probably. I don't think he'd leave. I don't think he'd leave either. He, he you know, he played quarterback at Oregon yeah. State, you know. Do you want uh, Todd Graham back? (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's some people who probably wouldn't mind that, but I I don't think so at this point. 
Probably I mean, not. if I was looking at, you know, potential guys to come in, I've seen Matt Rule thrown around. Kind of feels like a guy that Ray Anderson would target because he was good in college and then he was in the NFL a little bit. Yep. That just kind of matches his vibe. Um, I, I feel like Urban Meyer's too much drama. No way. Dion feels like, yes, exciting, but he kind of gives me Herm vibes. You know, they were both TV dudes. You know, yeah. also, uh, Dion does NIL, which apparently ASU said isn't our main priority. Uh, which is changing. We have an NIL collective now. Okay, that's good. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Jonathan Smith or Kalani Sataki would leave their perfect fits Ooh, right now. Definitely not Sataki. There's so, no way he's coming here. Give me a guano, and I actually think you guys could land – actually, you guys, I, we all would land <laughs> Dylan Raiola. Yes. Because he has Hawaii connections. His and dad, he went to Chandler. Yes. His dad is Dominic Raiola, Hawaii legend. So Dylan Raiola to ASU book it. Wow. Um, I'm going to throw some names out there. Uh, tell me what you guys think. Derek Mason, defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. Interesting. Uh, that, I mean, it makes sense. It, it does, but not not <laughs> exciting. It's not an exciting name. Uh, Scott Frost. He's, oh, hell no. He's looking for a job. Hell no. no. Uh, Justin Wilcox. No. no. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lance Leipold. Yes, but I don't think he leaves Kansas. Exactly. All right. Well, that, that, was, that was some good in-depth looking. Um, you know, I think it will be one of those names. I think one of the names we threw out there today... Will be the coach, not Jonathan Smith. Though. I saw Jeff Levy thrown around a little bit. Mm, yeah, but, but that eh, it's kind of kind of sketchy though, because it's like, has defense ever been the strength under his under Lincoln Riley's staffs with Jeff Levy? No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we are three weeks through the season, and conference play is about to start. Only one conference game has been played. It was Stanford USC. Yes, sir. Um, but let's play contender or pretender with some of the teams that are still not quite dead in the water, not the uh, Stanfords and, and ASUs and Colorados of the Pac-12 right now. Uh, we've got USC. Contender or pretender for what? The Pac-12 championship? For the Pac-12 or a bowl game? Oh, the Pac-12, Pac-12 championship. Okay. USC contender. Easy. Yeah, USC contender. I would say contender. I would agree. I don't think there's any reason to go further than that because we've talked about USC more more than enough this year. We've got UCLA. Fraudulent. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> pretenders. Yeah, I would say they're, they're a major pretender. I mean, they play Colorado this week, so they'll start out 4-0, and so that'll just add to just the pretender narrative, but I, I think they could definitely lose a whole bunch of games. I'll say pretender more on that Colorado game this week. Oh, boy. Uh, in, in a later <laughs> oh segment. Boy. Uh, Washington. Definitely a contender. Yeah, surprisingly a contender. I put in all caps, contender, yeah. contender, contender. All they needed was a quarterback. And a new coach that yep. can Who knows utilize what he's the doing. talent. Apparently, I remember we slandered the DeBoer hire a little bit. Yeah, and, we're like, it's boring, you know. It does, doesn't move the needle. It's looked fantastic. So, yeah, contender, contender, contender. I wonder if, because DeBoer has a pretty good relationship with Jay Kaner. Jay Kaner entered the transfer portal as soon as DeBoer was hired. I wonder if he talked to DeBoer and DeBoer said, oh, I've already got this Michael Penix Jr. guy coming in. Most likely. Uh, and he's, he's way better than you. You should stay in Fresno. <laughs> Who Damn. knows what the conversation was. Uh, Washington State. I'm on the fence on this one. Very impressed by what they've done so far. But that, that Idaho, I mean, you got to throw out the Idaho game, so I'm not even going to talk about that. But I, I don't see them going any better than 8-4 and four this year. So for that reason, I'm going to say pretender, but it just it doesn't feel right to call them pretenders because we picked them to finish below 500. 
So yeah, I think this 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 Wazoo team is a lock to go to a bowl game. They're going to make some noise, but for the conference title, I'm going to say pretender. Yeah, surprising start to the season, but I do think they're a pretender. I think they're going to get spanked to Oregon this weekend. Pretender. I would hammer pretender as well. I think their win over Wisconsin was a unique upset victory because Wisconsin's quarterback play is awful, yep. and you're not going to play another team that's that good with a quarterback play like that later this season. The Oregon Ducks. After last week, you got to go contender. Definite contender. Definite. It's a tough one for me. I don't know, man. Really? I don't know. I mean, you got Washington, Utah, Oregon State towards the end of the season. Those are some tough games, I think, for them. But think about it. Who do they have coming up here? So we got... I mean, that's true. But, man, I'm on the fence. What's what's between pretender and contender? Uh, Pre... Tender. It's pre-tender. One, it's one half contender and one half pretender. Pre, pre-con. Uh, Con-pre. I don't know. They're a con contender. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, next up, we've got the, the Cal, the team from California. Cal. Very unimpressed by them this year, <laughs> pretender. pretender. Yeah, I, I don't even know why they were on the list. I pretender. just said contender for Oregon, almost as if that was a different word. No, I know. I see. It's tough to gel two <laughs> words that have the same you know, root to them. Anyways, Utah, the Utes. Solid contender. I'd say contender. Yeah, they're legit. And then the Oregon State Beavers. Contender. Definite contender for me. I had to hear it. I needed to put them in there. Had to hear it. We've got uh, some definite bulletin board material now from those contender and pretender statements. We'll see. If Washington State wins the Pac-12, we'll all look stupid. First week of six Pac-12 matchups of the season. Finally. The college football gods have blessed us. I just, you just love to see it. I love it when uh, there's a bunch of Pac-12 football going because you just never know. You nope. never know what's going to happen. First game, we've got UCLA traveling to Boulder to play Colorado. I was tempted to pick Colorado, but I'm, I'm just, I can't get myself to do it. This is going to be an ugly game. Colorado's going to play well. Uh, UCLA just, just overpowers at the end. I think the Bruins win by a couple of scores, but. This isn't really going to do much to help UCLA's uh, perception. Nothing tells me to pick Colorado, so I won't pick Colorado. UCLA. Well, Colt, (laughs) Colorado has won the last three matchups between these two in Boulder. Oh, boy. And every fiber in my being wants me to pick Colorado in this game. But, alas, I will save my Colorado pick for later this season. I'm going to pick UCLA very hesitantly, but... Man, I'll tell you, if I wasn't tempted to pick <laughs> Buffalo, especially after seeing that stat, I was very tempted. Next up, number 15, Oregon, travels to Washington State. This team's given them a little bit of trouble in the past. That they have, but I like Oregon. Uh, Bo Nix uh, is playing well. He's having fun. Uh, Oregon, I think they're going to they're gonna roll in this game. They got their mojo back. And uh, I think uh, Oregon take, takes care of business here. Yeah, Oregon looked pretty legit last weekend. I think, obviously, as we mentioned, this is where Wazoo becomes the pretender. I just labeled Washington State as a pretender. But <laughs> <laughs> I became a stat merchant this, uh, in, the, in this off week. Um, okay. And let me tell you, Washington State has won two of the last three games the Ducks have played in Pullman, Washington. The one game they didn't win in their last three meetings was in 2020. Washington State had a bunch of key guys out with COVID. You could say that for everyone, but kind of a Mickey Mouse season. So really, effectively, Oregon has lost the last two real games they've played in Pullman, and I like the vibes in this game. 
Give me Washington State in a oh, low-scoring, ugly battle. I think they beat the Ducks, and that's saying a lot because I'm pretty high on the Ducks this year. Wow. Bang. <laughs> Next up, we have Arizona traveling to play California. Surprisingly, Cal is the favorite in this game. Yeah, when in doubt, I'm going to lean on my uh, anti-Arizona bias. Yes, sir. So um, I'm going to go with Cal, even though, honestly, I do think Arizona is the better team on paper. It just, I still maintain that Justin Wilcox, I feel like he's low-key fighting for his job this year. Yeah. In my opinion, he has got to get to a bowl game. And if he's going to do that, he's got to win this game. So I'm going to reluctantly take Cal here. Uh, more so because I, I dislike U of A, but um, I, I do think if, if Cal can ride Jaden Ott and uh, Jack Plummer doesn't make too many mistakes, Cal's defense is good enough yeah. to give Jaden Dolores some fits and maybe they get some turnovers and they uh, win a close game here in their conference opener. I'm not in doubt, so I don't need to ride my Hawaii bias because I think U of A is a far superior team than Cal. I don't understand why Cal is favored by three. That's just the home. Um, this is the home spread that you get when you're when it's a pick 'em. Yeah. I don't even know why this is a pick 'em. I think U of A is a far superior team. Jaden Delore is going to absolutely cook against Cal. Oh, cold. How soon we'll probably be reminded how Pac-12 play works uh, in a Cal victory. I'll tell you what, if, if Wilcox does get fired, uh, he's going to be a very, very good defensive coordinator somewhere if he doesn't get a head coaching gig. I could see him as a Bama assistant. I could see it happen, too. Uh, I do like Arizona to win this game. Just pull it out here. Um, the thing about Justin Wilcox, uh, talking about making a bowl game, he usually has the benefit of starting 3-0 and out of conference. But this year, they only went 2-1, and so... You know, things could could get ugly uh, down in Berkeley. Uh, next up, we have number seven USC at Oregon State. This game is so big, it was given the the coveted 6.30 p.m. Pac-12 Network slot. <laughs> Shout out Pac-12 Network. My gosh. That is such a travesty, by the way. Uh, I've flip-flopped on this game a lot. I kind of had this penciled in as a big Oregon State win early but i've just been so impressed by usc (laughs) and i truly believe this usc team is legitimately the pac-12's best chance at getting a team into the playoffs well i mean utah last year was or not last year a couple years ago was pretty legit but since that team this usc team i think is is has a real shot and i think they're they're going to get it done here against oregon state Boo. Oregon State's been fun. I mean, just seeing them win three games in a row, undefeated, Budge is happy. Yep. It's good. Just the, the vibes <laughs> are so good. They're playing at home this weekend. But, man, I've got a little bit of a football crush on USC too, man. I got USC winning this one. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> the line opened up in this game at 7. USC was favored by 7. It has since shifted to five and a half. Hmm. Yeah. Even Vegas is, is getting a little a little shaky. I've been throwing stats at you guys all day today. USC is one and three in Corvallis as a ranked team since 2004. Wow. Think about that for a second. I know this USC team seems a little different, but you think about those USC teams that were ranked going into Corvallis in the, in the mid-2000s. Those teams were no joke. Last year, I had a bit of a reputation where every time I'd pick against Oregon State, Oregon State would win. Every time I picked them, they would lose. This year, I picked Oregon State every week. They haven't lost. So we're riding with the Beavs, baby. Go, Beavs! 
in Corvallis. Give it to me. Love to see it. Calling it right now. Jack Coletto, <laughs> walk-off touchdown. Wow. All right. He is the most unstoppable player in football, though. Honestly. He is. He is. I've got to get on that DH gate jersey for Jack Coletto. Um, it'll be the purchase of the year. Donate. Uh, <laughs> we should make that Pacific point of view Venmo or something. Over under right now is 70 points for that game. It's going to be a lot of points. A lot of points. Next up, we have number 13, Utah. We welcome them into Tempe to play our Sun Devils. All right. Well, uh, my opinion has changed about this game since the offseason. I kind of had this penciled in as ASU's big upset win. I no longer uh, <laughs> stand by that take. Dang. Utah should dominate this football game. I don't think it's going to be, like, embarrassing. I think ASU is going to lose. I think Utah probably covers here. They win by, like, 17. It's like 45, 21, something like that. Utah should should take care of this game pretty easy. But who knows? Maybe ASU can make things exciting. I like this game for a lot of different reasons. We have a Hawaiian Coaching his first game for ASU. Oh, boy. Okay. We have a 7.30 kickoff on national television. So it's definitely Pac-12 after dark. So craziness can happen. Yep. And I also like the fact that ASU is hosting a top 25 team, which means if we win, we're rushing the field. We're rushing the field, baby. Oh, Give me my ASU. goodness. Let's go. Wow. Pac-12 chaos beginning before the games even kick off. Utah at Arizona State, Sean Aguano, I'm liking the energy. I think he's going to bring great things. However, I think Utah's just going to show up and and make us look silly because there's no worse team to have your coaching debut against than a team like Utah that can beat you in the way they beat you. I'll tell you what, ASU wins this game. I'm adopting the whole Hawaii connection thing. If, if, wow, if Sean Aguano, if Sean Aguano beats Utah in his debut – you, you, you just no you choice. can't dude you can't go against You're the, the dude we're ASU is an Ohana now like we're we the are brotherhood. we are what so. would we even call that the like what would you call that Colt? again yeah um, come on Colt give us something catchy and short right now <laughs> so the Kanaka no do you guys don't like that <laughs> what's the Kanaka it's like it's like true natives it's, okay it's, all right let's the let's Kanaka. ride with it let's let's go hashtag ride with the Kanaka let's go. Um, Stanford at number 18, Washington, is the last of our Pac-12 games. Huskies looking good. I think Washington blows the doors off of Stanford here. Uh, Michael Penix, I think, is going to throw for three-plus touchdowns. Stanford, I actually think, is still worse than ASU. Wow, um, I would agree. I would agree. I'm that. just... I think if they were going to be good this year, they needed Tanner McKee to be really good, like he was at certain points last year, and he has not been that for them. So uh, give me the Huskies to win convincingly. No, this is another 7.30 kickoff. Could be, you know, potential madness going on. I don't know. It feels very interesting, but I'm not going to do it twice. Only one Pac-12 after dark upset is going to happen. I got Washington. I'm going to pick Washington, but I just wanted to give Michael Phoenix Jr. another shout-out because if you would have told us – Several years ago, when when Michael Penix Jr. was tearing it up in Indiana, and you know all the jokes are flying at the wall, <laughs> and, and if you were to tell us he was going to transfer to the Pac-12 and then start for a team and then be ranked on that team, we would have lost our minds. Yeah. So I just think we need to appreciate the greatness we are witnessing in Seattle. Give me the Huskies. I'm not going to be naive enough to say they'll dominate this game because I know how these late games can go. Exactly, it's true. Stanford only lost by 13 to USC. So with that. Let's jump to factor fiction. A uh, bit of an abbreviated factor fiction today, but there's no problem with that. Uh, we've got some good ones. First off, factor fiction: Will Anderson Jr. is still on the Heisman radar. 
I honestly, I haven't looked at his stat column. It's not fantastic. Not fantastic? Then Fiction. I haven't seen him on the FanDuel radar, so Fiction as well. Yeah, he's not even on the betting odds probably, but he was like a top five odds yeah. on guy. But you, you just, you got to have a Manti Teo season. He just you hasn't know what had I mean? the stats, yeah. yeah. Fake girlfriend, right? <laughs> There's a oh lot of Hawaii stuff coming out of not my mouth today. This is yeah. pretty cool, man. We got it's pretty cool. U.S. <laughs> beating New Mexico State. We got Ohana from, a- from Hayden. <laughs> got, what was it? Kanaka? Kanaka? <laughs> the native. Dude, Colt's like a proud dad right now. He's yeah. just, he's loving it. No, you know, I'm, I'm really scared because last week was a great week for the Hawaiians. I mean, even Tua Tungavailoa went off. Uh, How about UH, that? UH that won their was, first game. Trubisky also threw for six touchdowns. So many months, great so. things okay. happened for Hawaii last week, and I feel like this is going to be the week where just everything goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Except <right>. ASU, though. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. Fact or fiction, we will see a couple more. Power five jobs open up mid-season. Fact. Yeah. Factual. Well, one in this conference. I think Colorado will open up at some Colorado, point. Maybe, maybe Stanford? Auburn? Mm, no. Man, I don't know. No? They no. would not disrespect David Auburn, Shaw that much. Auburn and Colorado Auburn, are the top two. I feel like two. Auburn, Je- Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. Yep. That was an ugly loss to Ole Miss. He is as good as gone. Um, who's another one I was thinking of? Oh, West Virginia. Neil Brown. Mm. They're one and two. If they lose, they have a road game against Virginia Tech this week. Who they knows? lose that one. Watch out. He's been there like five years. What about Louisville? Oh, Satterfield. Yeah. If, if things keep going south for them, that could be could be trouble. Did they just beat somebody? No, they lost like a close one to Florida State. That's yeah. right. In fact, Johnny Wilson looked like an absolute Yeah, how about that? Baller. Yeah, how about how about that talent being utilized? Wait a minute. Oh my gosh. Uh fact or fiction, Lance Leipold should take the Nebraska job if offered. I don't want him to, but he for, if you were for him, shoes. yeah, I think I think he would build Nebraska back into a, I don't know about a championship contender, but definitely a, a solid Big Ten contender every year. 100%. Feels like a perfect fit. Look at what he's done at Kansas already. Uh, fact or fiction, Sean Aguano can make a bowl game with this team. Yes, he can. The The path is uh, is not looking great. It's but like that's the, not his fault. It's like that's the not path his fault. To Mordor. Yeah. Right. It's not Sean Aguano's fault. But it can happen. There's enough games on the schedule. Okay, I'm going to make you guys stick to it right now. Fact or fiction, Georgia will go undefeated. Fact. In the regular season, at least. Yes. Yes. At this yes, point. There it is. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait for all the Georgia fans to go back when I, I picked, like, Mississippi State to beat them or something. I, I'm going to get slammed yeah, for that. Yeah, no, I, I think I... No, I, I penciled that in, but then I picked them to go undefeated. Uh, fact or fiction, college game day should not have gone to Tennessee this weekend. Fact, they should have gone to Kansas or... Yeah, Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. Duke. That would have been awesome. Or Duke. I, I Who's the they, home team? I think they could have even went to Oregon State. True. I mean, uh, yes. You're hosting the, USC. The only thing that I think was a detriment to that is part of Oregon State Stadium is under construction right now. There's a part of it that's being... It, they still pack the house and it still holds like 35,000, but... We're not at our peak right now, and I think when it when the renovations are done, we're going to have a substantially larger stadium, which is good for the long haul, but that's probably the thing that held it back. That's what I'm saying about Hawaii right now. Yeah, when, when <laughs> everything gets reconstructed again. We're actually again. building ours. Right <laughs> Has game now. day ever been to Hawaii? True. Um, no, no, we were cool. just talking about that last night. It's a night. nightmare for travel. The Corso probably can't even make no that way. flight anymore. I mean, also, it would be a 3 a.m. Kickoff on for game day. We, we didn't even talk about it. That was the greatest college game day ever last week. Oh, it was so That fun. was awesome. 
like every everything, everything from uh, what was the country singer's Luke name? Holmes. Luke Combs. Luke Combs coming on. McAfee's energy. McAfee's energy. The crowd. They packed it. There were people camping out a day in advance for college yep. game day, and then for it to end on a hail mary. Like that hail mary. What? Like that was absurd. That yes. was. Did you guys see the video of the Troy sorority girls? Yes. yes. That was so funny. Reaction to the hail mary. Um, best story of the week. This is peak factor fiction. <laughs> this uh, this last week after the Arkansas Missouri State game, the Beyond Meat COO, who was a booster at Arkansas, at Arkansas, okay. um, got arrested for biting the nose of another fan in the tailgating section. So, fact or fiction, the Beyond Meat COO should be fired. Fact. Yeah, man, that's some <laughs> Mike Tyson type stuff, bro. Will you be eating Beyond Meat after this? I don't even know what it is. It's like the it's like a meat substitute like made from plant meat. Basically. Then no. You know how there's like the Beyond Whopper? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I didn't. You've never heard of that? No, but. Oh. And no. that that fan's nose, that's real meat. That's, that's real meat. not that's, Beyond Nose. He's not repping the brand real very nose. well. <laughs> All right, fact or fiction, this weekend slate is the most exciting slate we've had so far. Yeah. Yeah. I can get up for this. This is pretty good. All right. I agree. I'm excited. Uh, fact or fiction, the Pac-12 will have five teams ranked at some point this season. We currently have four. Uh, let's see. It's Oregon, fact. Washington, USC, Utah. Yeah, I think so. An Oregon State win puts them in the top 25. Bang. But it probably drops USC knowing. Not no, I think, it, USC, I think USC would hang in there. <laughs> no, I yeah. actually agree. But I was, you know, I was making yeah, an yeah. AP full joke. Uh, fact <laughs> or fiction, Hawaii is just six get wins away from a bowl game. It's true. It is true. <laughs> Wait, they have to go seven and six? Yeah. yeah. Technically, uh, they could win five and make a bowl game like they did last year. Th- they can go six and seven. So technically, and if there's enough slots, we can be in. But okay. if you've seen the bottom ten recently, we play New Mexico State, who's in there, Dumb. Colorado State, who's also in there, okay. Utah State has been atrocious this year. Okay, UNLV is coming to Hawaii. Give me Hawaii over UNLV. I just named you four teams that we can genuinely beat, and then you need a few modern miracles, and bang! Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> No, we'll take it. Could happen. It's possible. There's some genuinely trash teams in there Hawaii could take advantage of and uh, and make a bowl game. I didn't even mention San Jose State, so there's five. Yeah, true. And then maybe San Diego State six. Bang. Wait, <laughs> San Diego State? Yeah. You think you're going to beat San Diego State? Why not? <laughs> I mean, they're really good. Oh, oh, Nevada. There you go. Nevada's there, Okay, so there's the six. Uh, let's go to the name game. All right, we've got the name game. It's going to be less rapid fire than it was last week. Last week was the quickest name game of all time. I'm going to start mine off because I'm pretty proud of mine this week. We've got an offensive lineman from Camus, Washington. They're very good at football in, in high school. Okay. Um, did I say USC already? He's a sophomore. Yeah. No. Um, his name is Caden Steven. Caden Steven? Yep. Caden Steven. Like a very How yeah. traditional name. Yeah. Caden? Yep. K. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's... Caden, yeah. you literally say the letter K. You're going to hate me after I tell you this song. C. Correct. A. That is also correct. D. You are wrong. Dead wrong. What? And, yeah, you got to think outside the box, Cole. How long have you been doing this? I did that last week and it backfired. <laughs> C-A-A-D-Y-N. <laughs> just the what in the world yeah and then steven even was a ph so even if you made it to steven Stephen? It's, it's steven you can do steven with ph i had a friend that did that these parents are so extra it was naming their children <laughs> stop it man you don't need two a's on the birth certificate just put one all right let's get uh we need more lock or lock 
Yes. We do. We need more of them. And more Kanaka Ohanas. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, we got a linebacker at Utah. He transferred in from Florida. Okay. Mahmoud Diabate. Mahmoud. Oh, boy. <laughs> Colt's done. M? Yep. Okay, so we at least got the first letter this time. Okay. A? Incorrect. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Mahmoud? Mahmoud yes. Diabate. M? You? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> if there's two M's back to back, no, I'm losing no. my oh, mind. Mahmoud. M O H A M O U D. Mahmoud. And <laughs> Diabate. D I A B A T E. There was no way I was ever going to get that. Uh, another 0 for 2 for Colt. Colt, what are your thoughts in, in three seconds on that? I've never gotten one this season. And um, with that, we'll let Michael Scott take a Sarah <laughs> Embarrassing, Colt. All I can do right now is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. All right, as we reach the uh, final moments here in this week three episode leading into week four, a Pacific point of view, yeah. thoughts as we uh, move forward? I'm scared for the Hawaiians this week. Taulia is going up against Michigan, so I guess if Roman Wilson wins, it's a consolation. Hawaii's probably going to lose to New Mexico State. I don't know. I'm very apprehensive about Hawaii this week, but if they keep the momentum going, it'll be pretty cool to see. Tell you what, nothing would be better than beating Utah this week, flooding the field. You know, who knows if we'll get to do that again as you know students? Probably not. Yep. Um, I don't know. Let, let's let's have some fun this season. I think it's kind of there's no expectations anymore. Let's just go out there and play some ball and see what happens. I agree. And I, I, who knows? Who knows? Let's have some fun. Go Beavs. If that's all we've got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye. Going to come back to the near side. Pick six. Make it to Hunter. Long.